Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. September 11th is a phenomenal day. We grandparents share this day with an experience in this country that we shall never forget. Personally, in my own life, I will never forget September 11, 2015. That is the day my mother was taken from me under very suspicious circumstances. But I stand before you this morning representing all the grandparents in the entire country. And I have the pleasure of sharing with you a message that's burning in my heart, and I've looked at the psalm, and you have looked at the psalm, it's psalm number one. But we have looked at this, I have looked at it through the different stages in my life, and I'm now at this stage of grandfather. And that is an awesome stage to be at. But before I go further, I want to acknowledge a grandma that is present in this room. She turned 97 years of age on Friday, Elfrida. And that's a wonderful age. That's a wonderful age. And Alfreda has asked herself many times, Lord, why am I still here? This message is in honor of her. Because she has taught me when I was a young pastor in Upper Deerfield, we called the church at that time, Good News Assembly of God, how to pray. Because Alfreda was an active part in the prayer service at Good News. And I would always hear and I would listen to her prayers, you see, one of the things that you and I can do in these declining years of our life is we can and we must pray for our grandchildren. They must be utmost in our hearts and in our minds because there is a world that is different today than it was in my day and time when I went to school. I came into this country in 1967, some years ago. And it was different. I did not have to worry. I did not have to look over my shoulder. Today's children face a totally different world. And the prayers of grandparents are the greatest weapon that we have available. I will talk about some of the names that God has. And one of the names that you will hear is Jehovah Shammah. I want you to underline that name. It says the God who is present or the God who is there, our children, our grandchildren, you and I, we are never alone in the darkest pain, in the darkest night, in the greatest disasters in our life. He, He is with us. Do you know what that means to you? Do you know that you can turn to him and say, Pastor shared something this morning in the online service about prayer is taking your, the burden of your shoulder, putting it on someone else's shoulder. This is God's shoulder we're going to put our prayers on. Do you think that God leaves our prayers unanswered? I know that the enemy is real. And we have people in the service today who have chronic pains throughout their bodies. My wife is one of them. I'm in tears because I saw her standing here singing, which is something she hasn't been able to do for years. Probably wasn't easy, but I'm glad she did it. You see, it has been said that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Let me read that again. 
It has been said that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Are you satisfied with God in your life? You see, the Psalms to me have a special place because every single Psalm you and I can relate to because they just speak to what it is that you and I go through as people. And here is the text. In a little while, I'll read it again. I'll read it from the message translation. But blessed is the one who does not walk. Have you noticed the Psalm, first Psalm, who sets the stage for all the other Psalms to follow, another 149, begins with a word that Jesus uses in the Sermon of the Mount. And he has a listing of what it means to be blessed. And you and I have walked in the blessings of the Lord, whether it's been in pain or in plenty, but we have walked in the blessings of the Lord in the loneliest hours of our life. We have sensed the presence of God and we have had the peace of God that passes all understanding. But blessed is the one that does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Where are you present? Our children are watching, our grandchildren are watching. Things are taught and things are caught. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates in his law day and night. No, God does not want you to read your Bible 24-7. He wants you to live it 24-7. So when you have read it, let it become a part of who you are. Let every cell in your body be changed by the very utterance of the word of God. We're going to talk about meditating and this mumbling, this verbal repeating of the law of the Lord as you go about your day's affairs. The person who does this and meditates on the law of the Lord is a person who's like a tree planted by the streams of water which yield its fruits in the season whose leaves do not wither. You might be 97 years old, but you have a purpose. And there's a plan that God has. And when you pray and you lift up the name of Jesus and you feebly raise your hands and they're shaking and your legs are shaking, you don't know what to do. Understand that He is present and His strength becomes your strength. You see, our words aren't just words. They're words spoken, framed from a heart that's inflamed with the peace and the presence of God. Have you not been introduced to the Holy Spirit? It says that He is a comforter. Asked for by Jesus, asking the Father to give unto us in those moments in our lives when we don't know how to pray, we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do. And he is there. But the wicked are not like a tree that's planted by the streams, more than one. But they are like the wind, like the chaff that the wind blows. Therefore the wicked shall not stand in that place where God is present. It says here, judgment. In one translation that I was looking at, or one commentary, it made the word judgment. They are before the judge without a defense attorney. When all the guilt and all the things that we have done is thrown before the judge and those who are sitting in judgment, there's no one that will stand on their behalf. But when you and I are accused by the enemy of our soul, that living entity inside of us, this body will fall away, decay, and that's perfectly okay. But all your soul, your spirit, when that is being accused by the enemy, Jesus 
will step to the front to that place in the court where the defense attorney will stand and say, Your Honor, I represent, in this case, forgive me for using my name, I represent Ulrich Heinrich Hultreich Holm. He doesn't just know me as Rick. He knows me by all my names. <laughs> Sister Honey calls me Brother Books because I love to read. He even knows me as Brother Books. But the wicked will not have that nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the righteous, but the wicked he le are led unto destruction. These are powerful words. This conundrum that we have in our culture today. You see, here's the question. Has culture changed us? Has culture influenced us? Or are we influencing our, our culture? Our mission as grandparents is to influence the culture of our grandchildren. It's okay that we weep. It's okay that we smile. It's okay that we are baseball games. Be present. But don't make baseball, soccer, lacrosse number one in their lives. If they do not know Jesus, here's the bluntness of the message. This is not political, but it is a sermon, a sermon that I must share with you because my heart bleeds for this generation. If, and if people do not know the Lord, they will not be in heaven. They won't be. They can have all the stuff. And yes, I love buying stuff for my grandchildren. My house, our house, is the house of yes. It's a good word. Pookie, ups, Hector Jr., sorry. He'll always be Pookie. That's how it is. I apologized to him one time. He said, Appa, you don't have to. You can call me Pookie for a long time. Is allergic to anything but nuts. Very allergic. So we found a candy bar that isn't made in a plant that processes nuts. We have a place where that candy bar is hit. Now the problem is I know where that place is at. <laughs> and I am not allergic to chocolate. I mean the peanuts or anything like that. And I get my strength from having one or two chocolate bars a week. I don't know whether now, because I can't find them in that place anymore, so I think Sister Honey has caught on. <laughs> you see, as parents, we looked at things one way. But as grandparents, we still see the things that parents see, but we see it differently. We see it from this perspective. I see life from the perspective of a grandparent. It's different than, I am not responsible for raising my grandchildren. But I'm responsible to be present in their life, to be available. I got a call from Hector Jr., almost at the other word again. Now, he'll just be pookie, okay? That's it. And he wants to talk to me. He has a question about life. Do you know what an honor that is? The other day, Ginny was talking to our old youngest granddaughter, Ava, and Ava is, is under the weather. That's why they're not with us this morning. And she said, Amma, will you pray for me? Do you know what that does? That, that part of a, of, of a child's life that asks a grandparent to pray is what we live for. Oh, yes, I want to spoil. 
I do. Anything that they want, if it's in my means and our power to do it, yes, the answer is yes, it will be there, unless the parents say, no, I will not go against the parents. But I will quietly talk to my children <laughs> about why it is that they are so strict. But I was asked not too long ago, why do I read the books that I read and why do I buy the books that I buy? So I've taken some time to write it down. You see, I judge a book by three things. Who is the author? Oh, that's important. I, I need to tell you that there are some phenomenal authors. Any book that they have written, they have proven their worth. If I see it somewhere, I will buy it. And no, I don't have a Kindle. And no, I haven't downloaded Kindle on my iPhone. I like, okay, books, hardcovered books, bound books, paperback books. I like using my old-fashioned yellow pen and my other pen, and I write in the margin. So if you get a hold of one of my books, it is written in. You may not agree with my interpretation of what I write in there, but it's written in. But that's a book to me because there's an author that has so captured my imagination. I wanted to have it in my possession. I want the words to be in my spirit so that I can share some of the insight with others. The title has to create a curiosity inside of me. It must pull me into the text. And then I go a little further. You'll see me sometimes in a book, bookstore at, at uh, BJ's, BJ's, uh, yeah, books. Ali's book, I'll thank you. I like helping the sermon. Um, and so I'll, I'll look at it, and I'll stand there reading, and people are looking at me strange. I said, I'm not reading the whole book, just the first chapter, because I want to know if that first chapter pulls me in, I will buy the book. And Sister Honey says, don't you have that book? And sometimes she is right, because I'll buy it three or four times. It's my age. I forget what I read. If I would write down the titles of the books in my smartphone, I would only buy it once. But I'm not smart enough to write it in my smartphone. But see, this, this psalm fits the criteria. We don't know who wrote the first psalm. But we do know the one who inspired this psalm to be written. His name is God. He has proven himself again and again. So when you take a look at Psalm number one, read it again and again. It's worthy of your time and the investment of your time. This psalm is informational. It is direct. It lets us know there are only two roads in this life. There's the road that leads to heaven. We call that the narrow way. There's the road that leads to hell, and that is the broad way. And everything that can be done by the spirit of this age is being done to draw everyone into the broad way. But you and I are here because we're believers in the narrow way. We are not narrow-minded. But as a way, there's, there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. There's something to be against, there's something to be for. I am pro-God. I am pro-His Word. I'm pro-involvement in the church and what it is that we ought to do as a church. And I've learned over the years that never to allow politics to be ahead of my faith. Value, measure everything, run everything that you do in life through the filter of your faith, not through the filter of your politics. This is critical. This is a confusing time. In 1967, we were welcomed. We were included in discussions. Now if you have a different opinion, you're ostracized. Shame on us. 
I want to hear my grandson, Rome, and I, we will have many conversations. He does the yard work for me. Not that I need help. I just want to be with him. Don't you want to be with your grandchildren? I want to be with them so much. I want them in heaven with me. I want their mansion built right next to mine because I want to go over there. Pastor showed a picture today in one of the memes and the online service. You ought to tune in. See this one, not because I preach, but because of the meme. It had the biggest chocolate bar I have ever seen. So I want that from now on in my house so the grandkids will come again and again and again. And I'll just kind of join them in breaking off a piece of that chocolate bar. You see, grandparents, we're guardrails. We have met God, we have fellowship with God, and we will guard our families against the invasion of the enemy. I don't understand the Ukraine. I don't understand that thing at all. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you, Judge Perrin. You see, the psalmist here doesn't mince any words. The first psalm, and the psalmist sets the record straight, he lets us know what's going on and how important Scripture is. There's a narrow way, there's a broad way. My mom always said this, everything that shines isn't gold, except she said it in German. So for Mrs. Feuereisen, and for those of us who speak German and understand it, alles, das da scheint, ist nicht gold. That's how wonderful. Not as smooth as Italian. So I don't know what that would be, but anyways... Everything that shines isn't gold, so don't be fooled by the imitations. There's some cheap stuff out there. Some say that as grandparents, we're too protective, that our kids need to experience the world a little bit. Forgive me. I'm not for that at all. You see, I am one that is very protective. I understand boo-boos. But I will speak up and I will make my presence known when there are things in their life that are not godly. You see, after all, I am a grandfather. There's something there that we have earned the right to step into our grandchildren's life and put our arms around them and say, sweetheart, this is probably not something you should consider. We are not condemning. We are not judging, but we're speaking our mind into their heart, into their lives, because we've earned a place in their life. They have allowed us to come in because they're blood of our blood. La familia más importante, not German, but it's important. Family is the most important thing in your life. They are your blood. And as you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, they must be redeemed by the blood of that same Lamb. You see, unless they know the Lord, they will not spend eternity in heaven. We were visible and verbal with our kids as grandparents. We are less visible, but very strategic with our words. Our words are, hello, I'm German, by the way. The words is very good. I meant the word. Hmm. So when I welcome all the visitors, you're in trouble. German will be fluid then. You see, what bothers us, we pray about. What concerns us, we pray about. Grandparents are active on their knees. When grandparents pray, heaven tunes in. Why is that? Because heaven always tunes in when people pray. Everyone that prays, their prayers go before God and the God who is present and the God who is peace and the God who is Jehovah Jireh. He is the one that provides. God is there in all of our prayers. 
You see, this world is not our home. We are strangers. And if you look around, we're becoming stranger and stranger in this world. And that is okay. Because I am not here. I am not of this world. I'm from another world. There's another king, a real king that is in charge of my life, who has the right to speak into my life. And I have the, the opportunity to follow him. Every word that he said becomes my word, becomes my rule, my guide for life. That's who he is. And we have to be more concerned about the kingdom of God than what political party we might be for or against. Never compromise your faith. Rome and I will have great conversation about politics. I love talking to my grandkids. And Rome and I will, will go into some conversation sometimes, and I love how he looks at things differently than this old man does. But I like the, what he uses to make his point known. Here is the psalm in another translation, the message. How well God must like you, you who don't walk in the ruts of those blind, blind as bats. You who don't stand in the good for nothings. You who don't take the seat among those, those know-it-alls. And, and I know, powerful words. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew, on, you chew on the scriptures day and night. You're like a tree in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month. Never, by the way, heaven has a tree that has 12 different kinds of fruit on it. It's one of those trees from Italy, because Italians like to eat. I'm, I'm from the northern part of Italy, past the Alps, towards the, towards the Baltic Sea and the uh, North Sea. But who wouldn't want to be in heaven if God has that awesome supply? And the, the leaves never droop, and they always, they always blossom. You are not like the wicked who were windblown dust without defense in court. You see, here it is, without a defense in court. Unfit company for innocent people. God charts the road to take. The road they take leads to nowheres. You see, Psalm 1 is a life psalm. It's unique amongst the psalm. It's a map. Have you ever been in a big mall or big office building and you go to the, through the front door and, and right there by the concierge desk or the front desk, there is this, I guess, a map. And it said, if you want to go here, you need to do this and this and this and this. This is psalm number one. You, when you look at it, you see that one psalm, one writer calls it the two-way psalm. Those who walk in the way of righteousness will flourish and those who, without stuff... Because your God is Jehovah Jireh, your God is Jehovah Shammah. He is present in your pain. He is present in your life. Your name, think about this, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you know how to overcome. We have fought the battle. We know whom to turn to. And those who walk in the way of wickedness will flounder. They may have stuff. Don't watch the stock market. It's adjusting. Is God Jehovah Jireh? Is he the God of peace? Is he the God who is present? You see, in all these things that we go through, they're designed to rob us of the very presence and the essence of the peace of God. But God gives us a peace that the world doesn't understand. But here's even more to it. It can't take it away. 
We grandparents represent that to our grandchildren. So here's, let me orient you to this, to this psalm a little bit. I have seen the documents, documentaries on Hitler and Stalin. My mom and dad have experienced Hitler and Stalin firsthand. So when the Bible talks about the wicked, it's not merely talking about those who pop a child's balloon or kick a cat, double park the car, in my case, race down the highway. But it's for those who are guilty, not only for those who are guilty of sin, because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wicked, however, are those who have purposefully ignored the counsel of God, have gone against God's own GPS, God's plan of salvation. Think about that. They have chosen to deny the very existence of God. This is the world our grandchildren live in, where they can decide what gender pronoun they will go by, what gender they will choose without mom and dad's permission and their knowledge. You need to think about this very clearly. No, I'm not going to say it. But you have to make a choice. Are you pro-God or pro-this world? I'm a grandfather. You don't have to like me. I will still be a grandfather to those who love me. I know I'm old because I talk about maps. I used to have a map for every state of the country. Every state unfolded the map of Alaska. Man, it had so many folds and it went on forever. It's a great, great state. Then, it, then we had MapQuest, and I thought I died and gone to heaven. I mean, now rather than unfolding the map and Ginny being my co-pilot and saying, you got it, no, this is right here. You go eight miles this way by the, by the red tree, turn left. It was wonderful. But now we have GPS. It's awesome if you know how to put all that information in into your smartphone. But then when you, f- you have the smartphone, you see, this is why you still need to have a map in your car. Because you get to a certain place where all of a sudden your GPS shuts down. And you do not know where you are or how you got here. So you have to pull out your map, which is in the glove compartment. It's underneath the instruction book for your car that you bought 20 years. Anyways, you go under there, you unfold it, and you say, Jeannie, take a look at this. We are right here. And that's how you travel with all this technology that we have at hand. You see, the wicked are like the younger son in the parable of the prodigal son. He went his own way, denied his upbringing, and went against it. It's very popular now to change the meaning of words, change the definition of things because you don't like it. You can change the definition of sin, but it doesn't matter because we did not write the first definition of sin. God did. And my Bible, and I think yours, when you open it up, it will say, he changes not. Sin is sin. Job 21.14 tells us about the wicked. They are those who told God to leave us alone. We have no desire to know your ways. The wicked have drawn their own map, have gone their own way. You see, Psalm 1 paints a picture of what happens in this life. So ask yourself this question, as a parent, as a grandparent, as a young person here, what are you willing to take a bullet for? What's important to you? Where do you stand? Where do you draw a line in the sand this far and no further? Do you adjust the line because you don't like how hot it gets? Or do we stand? 
The Bible says, having done all, therefore, to stand, don't move, stand. You see, when the righteous, when we leave the path of righteousness, we become like chaff. And chaff is that thin, thin film around the seed that in, back in the day when the Psalms were written, they would throw the seed in the air and the wind would come and the chaff would fly, fly away. But the seed would come down. You see, doom is not punishment. Just as much happiness is not just the reward of the righteous, but they're the end result of a life you have chosen to live. The wicked follow their own whims. They follow everything that comes along. The righteous are defined on how they don't walk, how they don't stand, and how they don't sit. They don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. They don't stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of of mockers. I have some Mennonite friends who are wonderful carpenters. In my conversation with them one time, I said, so what, what is it that you believe? Because they don't believe in voting. And I do. I hope you do too. I hope your vote is led by the Spirit of God, not by your political affiliation. I know that's dangerous, Rick. That's okay, I need to say it because so much. My grandchildren's lives are on the line. That's what I'm sharing with you. Your grandchildren's lives are on the line. So vote your conscience, your your genuine conviction of God. You see, the righteous are depicted by a tree that is planted by streams of water. That stream is like in in Pittsburgh. Pastor's team is from there. The Allegheny and the Monongahela. That's that's a German word for sure I can't pronounce. (laughs) But out of that comes the Ohio River. But that's a big body of water that's there, but these rivers come together. That's a vast supply. It's not going to run dry. You see, God is a vast supply that even in drought, there is no drought in heaven. There is no drought in the presence of God. The psalm is a proclamation. Those who follow God, their lives are blessed. Blessed doesn't mean stuff. Blessed means the presence of God in the midst of your greatest loneliness. He is still there and you are still blessed. Psalm 1 gives us a contrast of right and wrong. As grandparents, we do not always understand new technology, and I don't. I don't. I've been challenged by my pastor to expand my horizon. I'm stretching. I have stretch marks. I like my maps. I like my books. But you see, if we're chaff, if technology is the only thing that defines us and God isn't, I'm going in the wrong direction. So be gentle to us grandparents. Don't throw us under the bus when we mutter. Speak to ourselves as we're accused of. I walked the loop here many, many times to come early so just so I can do that. It's but part of my prayer walk. Get a little exercise to get a lot of prayer done. Get some thinking done. You see, where there is hope, there is help. And grandparents, don't get lost in this translation of stuff. It's okay to have a clamshell phone until the company doesn't support it anymore. Then you need to upgrade. Give yourself the time to upgrade. Don't feel the pressure of, I got to understand it right away. You see, today, tomorrow, take a look at Psalm 13 where it says, How long have you forgotten me, O Lord? If you have ever had chronic pain, 
this you know. It's easy to talk about the blessings of God when you don't have pain. It's a totally different thing to think about the God who is present when your body is locked up in pain. But you see, Psalm 13 doesn't stop and end and change the plan of Psalm number 1. Psalm number 1 still stands at the map of Psalm number 1. If you want to go here, you need to do this. It's still true. Because it says in the same Psalm 13, I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Those who have experienced great loss have learned that time brings hope. See, that's one of the reasons the righteous meditate. And the word meditate simply means mumble. We, we, we do that as grandparents. I mumble a lot. That's why I close my office door sometimes, because my mumbling gets loud. But also in this mumbling is, is implied that we are like a lion that roars. Remember when Jesus was on the cross? In Psalm 22 talks about it. My God, my God. He roared, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because everything changed. For that moment in time, the Son of God who had been in fellowship for all eternity until that moment in time was left alone. God was not present in his life at that time. He was alone for your sake and my sake and for the sake of our grandchildren. He hung there absent from the very presence of God just because heaven loved us so much. Oh, yes, we spoil and we encourage. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me into the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. But this is the verse of verses. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. This is the promise of God in the midst of your agony, in the midst of your pain. He is, this is the God who is present. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is what God has promised us. In Psalm 22, it says, we've talked about it, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But let me read on. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You who fear the Lord, praise him, revere him, all you descendants of Israel, For he has not despised or disdained you, you the suffering one, the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, that means you and I. He listens to your cry for help. I am a grandfather, and we have grandparents here. And that's what we represent to our grandchildren. We are present, we are there, we say yes, We don't have to worry about the no. That's mom and dad's job, and that's perfectly okay with me. I've said it long enough when I was a a father. But my challenge to you as I close this is simply this. Be a Psalm number one grandparent. Be blessed. Be strengthened. Be present. Be there. Don't let politics dictate your faith. Faith is mas importante. Was that German or Spanish? Probably Spanish. Part of my family is Spanish. That's okay, I'm learning. But be present in their lives. May I pray for you as grandparents? 
May I pray with you as grandparents. Father God, we thank you for your, your word. This psalm is the beginning of all the psalms. It has a word that is a powerful word. It is blessed. What a way to start a whole genre of writings. What a way to be with you, Lord, because we're blessed when we're in fellowship with you. We're lost without you. And so I pray for every grandparent, every grandchild that is here in this room, in this church, that God, that your strongest anointing would be poured out upon their lives. That the words of the psalm would become alive and radiating within the heart, their innermost beings. You who have created all things, you are the one that we ought to meditate on, muse over, think about. And you are present in our greatest disappointment, in our greatest sadness. But thank you for your presence in all these things in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.